Well, amen. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Psalm chapter 32. Psalms chapter 32, continuing our series through the Psalms entitled Rise, as we are going uh, in conjunction with our 30 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, and so this week we are in Psalms chapter 32. And just a reminder, man, I, I encourage you during this season, man, to continue to pray hard, uh, seek uh, the Lord's face like we talked about last week and and not just his hand, right? It's so easy to seek the Lord's hand and uh, his blessings, right? That represents his blessings. But man, seek his face. Just uh, look to spend time with him. Pause for uh, a, a moment, right? Uh, put the cell phone away for just a second, uh, right? In the midst of, man, all that you've got going on, man, just pause and look to hear from uh, him. I encourage you to do that and then encourage you to really seek the Lord on what he may have you to fast from in this uh, season so that you can hear from uh, him. Psalms. Chapter 32, uh, one of the uh, more uh, well-known psalms, right? Uh, this psalm of uh, David, powerful uh, psalm uh, that we're going to look through together. We're going to go ahead and read the whole chapter, uh, starting in verse 1. So if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. If, uh, if you don't have a word with you, it's all good. You can look on the screen. Uh, but uh, Psalms chapter 32, this is what the word of the Lord says says this, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. Hallelujah. Whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. Man, you could just preach on those two verses and be good to go. Amen. Man, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll talk more about that in a second. Verse three. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of the summer. Selah. Verse five. I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. Verse 6. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will console you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or mule without understanding, which must be curved with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Then verse 10, many are the sorrows of the wicked, man, which is true today. Hey, man, hey, those who uh, don't know the Lord who are wicked, man, it may seem like all is great and good on social media, but the reality is, hey, many still are the sorrows because they don't know Jesus. But steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous And shout for joy, all you upright in heart. I've entitled the message today simply this, the blessing of forgiveness. The blessing of 
forgiveness. Why don't you bow your head and pray with me? Lord God, I, I just pray over these next few moments that you would speak to us. God, where we are today, Lord, you know. God, I pray that if we pause over these next few moments and hear from you, Lord. I, I pray that this wouldn't just be another Sunday in the routine of life, Lord, but this Sunday and every Sunday, man, we come to your house, Lord, expecting uh, to hear a word from you, Lord, expecting for you to do a work in our heart and life, Lord. And so, God, we ask and pray that you would. We know that you're moving. And so, Lord, pray that you would meet us right where we are today. We love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. The blessing of forgiveness. Before we talk about the blessings that David highlights in uh, verses 3 through 11, we've got to speak to uh, what's so great about being forgiven. What's so great about being forgiven? What are we forgiven from? We've got to backtrack a little bit, right? And, and, and understand the context in which David is speaking to here. This psalm is written off of the heels, right, of David's uh, real talk moment, if you will, with the Lord that you see written in Psalm 51. Those of you who may not know uh, what Psalm 51 is about, it's, it's David's psalm of repentance. Man, David... Man after God's own heart, man that was following God, man fully, got himself into a mess. He was at the wrong place at the wrong time, saw a beautiful woman that wasn't his wife, and proceeded to commit adultery. But it didn't stop there. Man, it kept going. He Instead of, right, coming clean and, be, and, and coming forward, he tried to hide his mess. And so he ended up, man, encouraging that soldier, a guy named Uriah, to come back. Say, hey, man, hey, come back to war, man, hang out with your wife. Be good to go. He wouldn't do it because none of the other soldiers would. So essentially what he did was he scheduled Uriah to be on the front lines. Essentially, you know, giving him a death warrant. And he ends up getting killed. Right? Uh, essentially, man, murdering Uriah. So not only did he commit adultery, he committed murder and tried to hide all of that. And the prophet Nathan confronts him. Right? You'll see this in the book of Second Samuel there. He confronts him and says, hey, man, David, you messed up. David was broken up about it, man. Hey, and and proceeds to run to the Lord for forgiveness. Right in Psalm 51. And then we see, man, the response to that man. David sinned and he needed to be forgiven. And in the same way, hey, listen, all of us in here, the Bible says, man, are, are sinners. Sin in the original language literally means to miss the mark. Hey, all of us have missed the mark of God's perfect standard. Hey, we disobeyed him at some point in time. And the penalty for that sin is death. It's separation from him. All of us are in that point. But hey, praise God that he loved us so much. The old gospel, man. Hey, God saw us in our mess. And he made a way, as 2 Corinthians 5 said, when there was no way for us, man, to be made right with God again. And that way was through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Fully God for that. And now those of us who believe in him, right, are forgiven. Forgiven. Right, this context here, David speaks to, hey, him being forgiven of those certain sins he committed there. But man, there's a bigger context. Hey, blessed be the one who's been forgiven forever. Hey, matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 5, it goes on to say that God in Christ no longer counts our trespasses against us. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have been forever forgiven. But the reality is, obviously, man, because we're still in this old flesh, hey, we still trip up. We still stumble. And we still, man, hey, need to run to the Lord, man. Confess to Him. So that we can be forgiven and our fellowship restored with Him. And so we see David here highlight in, man, these eight verses from verse three to verse 11, some blessings, right, that come with being forgiven and Christ. Hey, bless God, we are blessed because we've been forgiven. And we see him highlight some blessings here. We see three here, starting in verse three. We see the first blessing that David highlights here is this. Hey. Since we have been forgiven in Christ, those of us in here who know him, since we've been forgiven in him, hey, we can be open before him. Hey, the blessing, blessing number one of forgiveness is this, that, hey, there is now an openness that we can have with the Lord that we didn't have before. David in verses three through five highlights that he highlights it, right? He speaks to man. Hey, I whenever I finally acknowledge my sin to you, man, you forgave me. You forgave me. There was an openness there. Hallelujah. Here, let, let, let me put it to you this way. Hey, because in Christ we've been made clean, we can now come clean before him. I believe I'll say it again. Maybe this side will get it here. That got me a little excited. Hey, because we've been made clean in Christ, hey, we can now come clean before him. Hey, there is an openness. There's an openness that comes with man, us being forgiven in Christ because we've been washed clean. And David speaks of that blessing. Here, speaks of the blessing. Look what he speaks about whenever he talks about us being open before the Lord, right? He gives us a warning here in verses three through four, right? It's a warning kind of packaged up here, man. We see this warning, this danger of concealing sin. Look what he says in verse three. Right after he talks about man blesses a man who's forgiven, right? He says in verse three, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as the heat of the summer. Man, the danger of concealing sin. Hey, there are consequences for that. Did you know? And maybe you're walking through this right now. I don't know where you're at today. But did you know, hey, there may be some physical complicated, you know, consequences, man, for you trying to hide your. Sin. Concealing sin. I'm not saying now, hey, every physical ailment is a result of sin, a result of your sin per se. But for some men, hey, they might be walking through legit physical issues because, man, they've been concealing their sin, hiding their sin from the Lord. And David spoke of that, man, whenever he was in this season of trying to hide his transgressions from God, hide what he did with Bathsheba, right? Hide what he did with having Uriah killed, essentially. Man, it said that, man, he was struggling. The struggle was real in his life. It ate at him, ate at him. Here is the danger of concealing sin, right? Hey, it harms, number one, your relationship with the Lord. It harms, hey, number two, relationship with other people. And man, hey, it could physically harm me as well. You've been there. I know I've been there many times in my life where I'm just trying to hide stuff from God, even as if he doesn't know about it already. Man, I'm tossing and turning at night. Not able to get sleep. I'm not able to have real conversations with folks. You know what I'm saying? Trying to put on my quote unquote brave face. But man, issues that are there. The reality is, hey, there is danger in concealing 
sin. I've heard it said like this before, and I'll go ahead and say I've said it before. I'll say it again. Hey, at the end of the day, what you choose to cover up, hey, God ultimately ends up uncovering. But hey, the good news is, which leads to the second part of what David talks about here, what you choose to uncover, God covers in him. He covers. And that leads to the second part there. Hey, there's freedom, uh, the freedom of confession, freedom of confession. When King David, man, acknowledges and look what he said in verse five. When he acknowledged his sin to the Lord and didn't cover it. Man, he saw that the Lord forgave the iniquity of his sin. Man, whenever he came clean, he was freed up, was freed up. I remember this man taking place in my life, just seeing it practically happen, even before I was saved. I've talked about before when I was, you know, fifth grade, right around fifth grade. You know, I was uh, I like to, you know, uh, tell folks, man, I, I was the one to be class clown of the smart classes. I enjoyed, I was, you know, I enjoyed school, enjoyed going to school. But, you know, I like to, you know, bring a little light and levity, you know, try to at least. A lot of times I fell flat on my face. I'm just going to keep 100 with you. You know, I thought it was a lot funnier than I actually was, but that's neither here nor there. But that got me in trouble a lot of times in fifth grade. You know, I'd end up getting detentions, you know, put, you know, push the envelope, get detentions. And I knew what was coming whenever I got back to the house. I knew, hey, I knew a whooping was coming whenever I got back to the house. And it was interesting. A lot of times whenever I'd get home, Usually whenever I got attention, it was like clockwork, Brother Ryan. It was usually a dark, gloomy day when I'm walking back home. You know what I'm saying? Somehow, for some reason. But whenever I get home, I turn on the radio. Some slow, you know, sad R&B song was on somehow. It's weird how it worked out like that. But I get home and I was like, man, I'm just not going to tell my dad. They're not going to figure it out, Brother Demetrius. He's not going to figure it out. And I remember just that feeling of, man, I mean, deep distress, right? As much distress as a 10-year-old kid can feel, I feel like, in my mind. Deep distress. Man, struggle, worry. I just locked myself up. Didn't want to eat. Didn't want to do nothing. And then whenever my dad came and I finally just admitted, hey, I, I messed up. I got in trouble. It was wild. The freedom. Hey, the opportunity to just simply breathe for a second happened to come. I still got the whooping, but there's still consequences for it. But the reality was, hey, there was a freedom that came with me just being real and forthright and confessing to him. Listen, don't miss the picture, child of God. Hey, there's a freedom that comes with you choosing just be open and forthright before the Lord. Yes, there may be consequences for your actions. There may be consequences. Some, hey, more, more heavy than others. But bless God. Hey, aren't you glad, man, that? God doesn't turn his back on us whenever we do stumble. Hey, aren't you glad he doesn't just strike us dead right then and there whenever we do stumble? He's with us. He's with us like a loving father, man, encourages us. Man, the first blessing of forgiveness is, man, the fact that we can be open and real before the Lord. Hey, don't miss that. Child of God in here who has a warped view of who God is. Man, can I encourage you? Hey, you can be open and real before God. He already knows what's going on in life. Hey, you can be open and real before him. Man, don't hide your sin, man. Because we've been made clean, we can come clean for him. That's what David experienced. That's the first blessing of forgiveness. The second blessing that we see here of forgiveness is this. Hey, we experience and see the overwhelming love of the father. We see and experience the overwhelming love of the father after the Selah there. Verse six says, therefore, let anyone who is godly offer prayer 
to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach you for you are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance and goes on to say, man, that the Lord is looking to encourage us, guide us, lead us. David, he's given an exhortation here, right? A challenge to the people, right? About being an honest and forthright for the Lord because of the experience that he had. Right. And encouraging us to do that. But also in the midst of this, he's explaining, man, the overwhelming love that our father, man, the Lord has for us His people that know him. Think about that, man. He, he demonstrated his love for us by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross. But man, think about how much love he has for us to be able to keep us in spite of us. Man, I think back to my life, man. Hey, I'm not worthy. To, to be with him. Hey, I'm not worthy to, to, to do this, to serve the Lord, man. And be, I'm not worthy of it. Hey, but because of his love for us, man, he keeps us, keeps us, sustains us, man. And David speaks to man, this overwhelming love here. John 15, 13, you know, the verse Jesus, he said this greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life. For his friends, man, he demonstrated, man, that great love and sent his son Jesus to die for us. The overwhelming love of the father. How is that love displayed? Well, I'm glad you're at, you asked. David speaks to it here, man. That love is shown to us by the fact, number one, that he hears our cries. David gives this exhortation to us, man. Hey, just to go to him, run to him in prayer. He wouldn't give that to us if, man, God wasn't listening. Hello. He he hears our cries. Think about that. The God of the universe. Man, even though we stumble and fall, man, hundreds, thousands of times. Listen, he still hears our cries. He still desires for us to want to run to him. Think about this for a second, man. You could send an email, you know, uh, send an email to current staff, man, at the White House, current, you know, Joe Biden at the White House. I could send an email to him. I could send an email to, you know, current president of Uganda. And I guarantee you, Brother Ross, chances are, man, somebody else is going to respond. They probably aren't going to respond to little old Pastor Irv. I guarantee you that. Any king or, or high ruling officer, right, that you reach out to, chances are they've got a secretary or somebody else that's going to respond to you. Or, man, you know, since there's, it's so technologically advanced, they just have an automated response there. But hey, the king of kings and Lord of lords. Hello. Hey, he's just a call away. He desires for us to run directly to him and he's willing to meet us there. Hallelujah. The one who made, hey, these current kings that rule that rule and reign, man, he wants us to run to him. He desires to hear our cries. And so choose, man, to run to him and the love that he shows us is that he hears our cries. Here's our cries. Secondly, right. How does he demonstrate his love for us, man? He demonstrates his love by being our hiding place. The Lord is our hiding place. That's what verse seven says here. That word, the original language there, right, is the word sitar, man, which literally means place of safety, right, place Cannot be found, right? A hidden place. Place that's safe, man. Best way I can illustrate that is, man, 
talking about that old game, hide and go seek that we all used to play, man. That's played from generation to generation. The goal, man, is to not be found, man, to hide in a place. I'm not going to hide out in an open field. Be found there. But find a place that is safe, that's covered. It's hidden. Hey, the Lord is that place for us. For when the enemy, when the enemy comes, man, looks to sow up and seeds of lies. Hey, then when the enemy comes, man, and, and tries to say, hey, you, you don't really know the Lord, man. Hey, you, you've fallen time and time again. You don't really know him. When the enemy comes and says, hey, listen, hey, Jesus's blood really isn't enough for you to walk with God. Whenever he comes and sows those lies, hey, the Lord protects us, protects us from those lies. And we can walk in him. Walk in him. Psalm 31, just the chapter before, says this. Oh, verse 19 and 20. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you and the side of the children of mankind in the cover, the hiding place, the setar of your presence. You hide them from the plots of man. You store them in the shelter from the strife of tongues. Man, the Lord is our protection. He's our protection. Man, he's our guide. David puts it another way in Psalm 3. He's a shield for us. The glory and the lifter of our head. Overwhelming love of a father. He, He could have just left us, man, to our own vices. Left us to... Fend for ourselves, if you will. But he's our hiding place, takes care of us. Then thirdly, we see here, right, the way that he shows his overwhelming love is that he gives us guidance and instructions. Hallelujah. Gives us guidance and instruction. Pastor Greg, there was an old song we used to sing, man. I remember when I was a little kid in the Baptist church, man, trust and obey. Y'all remember that one? Those who've been in church any length of time. Hey, trust and obey. Hey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. David here says that uh, it's the Lord speaking here. He changes uh, the shifts, uh, the, the tone, right? Shifts the point of view here. It's the Lord in verse eight saying, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will console you with my eye upon you. Hey, don't be stubborn like a horse or a mule without understanding. Man, but choose to follow his instructions. Man, the Lord demonstrates his love for us, man, by giving us instructions for life. He gave us his word. Right. As we walk with him, man, he leads and guides us. His, his spirit leads us and guides us. Follow, and the call for us is to follow him, man. That's demonstrating love. It's not God being, man, some killjoy. No, it's God, man, being in our life and being personal with us. The fact of the matter is, hey, if we were left to do our own thing, man, we drive the car into the ditch. We would. But God, man, has given us, man, his word as a guide. He's given us guardrails for life and how we, we ought to live. And so instead of trying to fight it, man, like a Stubborn horse or a mule, man. Hey, let, man, let's choose to take heed, to trust and obey him. Because he knows, man, what's best for our life. He knows what's best for you, man. Some of you can probably attest. Hey, man, I've lived life on my own for a long time. 
And you've come out of the other side, beaten up, broken up with bruises and scars that you didn't really need. But you can say, hey, man, nothing compares to the greatness of knowing and following him. Man, let him lead and guide your life. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Man, let him lead and guide your life, man. That's what David's sharing here. David knew, by the way, before he committed that sin with Bathsheba. He, he knew, man, he was supposed to be out in the war, man. It actually says that. Second Samuel. He knew he wasn't supposed to be there just chilling at the house when everybody else was at war. And coming out of that, he realized, man, I should just listen to God. Walk with him in the same way, man, we're called to do that. We don't know. Hey, you may have all the degrees. I, I, I promise you I'm going to wrap up going to this last one. You may have all the degrees in the world. You may have an IQ of 185, 190, but you don't know more than the Lord does. Can it get, just be real with you? I know, Miss Nice, I made up that IQ number. That's a high number. I just made that up. But that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Miss Nisa's like, hey, who's got that? Uh, but we don't know more than the Lord does. Man, so let him lead and guide our life. And then thirdly and lastly, right, the blessing of forgiveness. Third and last blessing is this. Hey, we have now an opportunity to truly rejoice in him. Verse 10 and 11 speaks to that. Hey, we have an opportunity to truly rejoice. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. So therefore, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy. All you upright of heart, man, the blessing of forgiveness is that we truly, man, are able to worship him, not just simply sing songs, man, that are on the screen on a Sunday. Right. Not not just simply, you know, him, you know, uh, you know, hum some songs that we we've listened to on the radio or or, or any of that. No, no. We're able to truly worship. Have you ever been in a place, man, where where you know that you're in sin, unrepentant sin, man, and and have tried to worship him? I have. And it's hard to do. You can't. Because the burden that is there. But now, man, those of us who've been forgiven and who've confessed, been real before the Lord, man, we can truly worship. Truly worship Him. Those of us who know, man, the Lord, we can truly worship. Truly worship because we are at peace with Him again. Peace with Him again. So, man, the encouragement is to choose to worship. Some of us just be real with you. Some of us, man, hey, walk in and, and on a Sunday morning or another time, man, hey, worship to you is just, hey, something that is a filler before the sermon time. Bless God, hey, it all ought to be synced together. We come in, man, and even though we're walking through, maybe walking through the valley of the shadow of death, man, hey. We can still choose to sing because we've got a reason to sing. We can choose, man, to lift up holy hands and sing praise to the Lord because we've got a reason to. We can still choose to shout, you know, for joy because we've got a reason to. Because Jesus is alive and well. And so my encouragement, hey, even though life is rougher, even if you're in a season, man, where it, hey, you don't feel like worshiping God. Hey, choose to faith it. Hey, because, man, uh, 
who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. Hey, man, make the decision to choose to worship him. Because you've been forgiven. Been forgiven. Make the decision to choose to worship him. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29 says this. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, blessed are the forgiven. Man, those of us who have been forgiven in the Lord, man, hey, we are blessed in Him. Blessed in Him. And don't you forget it. Don't you forget it. And so the call for us is to walk in that blessing.